0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآلها الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الفن وأكرمني منور الفن Allahummaftah alayna ababa rahmatik wanshur alayna khazaaina ulumik bi rahmatik ya arhamar rahimin We have uh, already had two sessions uh, in the first session i discussed the significance of knowledge and I referred to some verses of the Quran, and then I referred to some Hadith, and finally we ended with a discussion about what do we mean by Ilm. Uh, These two lectures are available and I send you inshallah the link, so I thought we'd continue uh, with something new so that You can have that one, and also something new, instead of repeating. Just the last point that we ended, and maybe needs some explanation. I start with, and then inshallah I carry on. You know, we have many hadith, many verses of the Quran about ilm sometimes elm is very highly regarded sometimes also we have some condemnation of some ulama so when you read some hadith you think elm is always good elm is nur is light but on the other hand we have also some blame for some ulama who don't practice some ulama who have no sincerity. And then we have different subjects, which subject is more uh, rewarded, which subject is more promising, which subject is making us more uh, enlightened. So briefly, my conclusion was this. I said, we human beings, have very strong search and thirst for knowledge. This is our nature. Human beings want to know. Even it seems that for us, knowing does not need to have any outcome or any, you know benefit. Just to know, we think it's better than not knowing. And therefore, we need to regulate and actually be controlling our thirst for knowledge. Because sometimes we may know things which are not good. We become nosy. Yeah? So we want sometimes to know secrets of other people that may not be good to know. Or sometimes there are things that if we know can make us suffer. Quran says, Don't ask those things that if they are disclosed to you, you would be upset. Sometimes we may spend our life, energy, unknowing things which are not useful. So, if we don't regulate and control we may end up learning everything trying to understand everything and this is not good either they are sometimes harmful or sometimes useless we just should go for something which is useful and even among those things which are useful we have to find what are necessary what are most useful because nowadays there are lots of things that are available for us, lots of, you know, invitations, calls we receive, is explosion of information. And if we don't know what to prioritize, then we may learn bad things or useless things or things which are good, but not necessary. Okay. So, in general, there is such situation in human beings about learning, and in our discussion when we talk about fitra we mentioned that one of the things which are fitri is our desire for learning which has no limit islamically when it comes to sciences to disciplines to organized learning It seems that we have no limitation when it comes to religious sciences or secular sciences anything that can improve our dunya or akhira Islam recommends. So it's not that we should only learn fiqh and aqaid and akhlaq, we should also learn other subjects that are useful for our life. The only exceptions might be some strange sciences, what we call, in you know, some of ulume garibe, some strange sciences like, you know, sehr, like magic you know, that this is not recommended to learn and maybe sometimes it's prohibited to learn unless you are a person that you need to know in order to protect the community from the magicians but these are not the main issue because not many people deal with such things when it comes to sciences chemistry biology physics mathematics algebra different types of you know uh, humanities islamically we are recommended to learn these subjects and we should have as wajib kifayi in every field sufficient number of people that would help us be uh, Benefiting from these sciences and be in a very good situation compared to other nations but when it comes to information This is about sciences, but when it comes to information I don't think we have anything in Islam that says you have to learn all information or you have to collect all type of information. No some type of information as we said, maybe we should just avoid Sometimes someone says, you know, I have something to tell you about so-and-so. I should say I have no interest. Maybe I am curious, (laughs) but I don't want to know. Yeah? Sometimes people, for example, try to find a way to read people's mind. But this is not good. Why I should read people's mind? This is the privacy that Allah has given to people. Why I should interfere with that? Why should I try to understand things which are not normally known? So, when it comes to information, as we said, we have to classify them. Harmful, useless, useful, necessary. We go for necessary. We are not against useful, but we go for necessary. When it comes to sciences, all sciences seem to be important, but again here we have to have a plan. You know, sometimes, of course, it's not the time to discuss this, but sometimes it seems we as a community, we don't plan. Every person chooses what type of career to have, what type of studies to have, and then we may end up with having too many people from the same career in community, and in some areas we don't have anyone. And actually those areas that are very influential, sometimes we don't have many. But then we have uh, many people in... Similar fields. Okay, this is something that I don't want to discuss, but basically we have to make sure that we have enough number of people in all sciences. But when it comes to understanding Islam, understanding your religion, then this is not something that we say, Alhamdulillah, we have enough people in community that know Islam. So let me do something else no this part is necessary for everyone so each of us should have two types of structured studies one is Islam which is for all of us one is one subject to specialize maybe you want to specialize in Islam maybe you want to specialize in another subject But you have to have general information, systematic information about Islam, even if you are going to be a doctor, a teacher, engineer, nurse, housewife, whatever. This much is needed that you have a systematic understanding of Islam, not just bits and pieces, not a little in this member, another, for example, piece from one reading, no something that you can understand in a systematic way where you are who is your creator what is your relation with the creator what is your relation with the creation what opportunities you have what dangers are in front of you how you can improve your life these things everyone has to know but when it comes to specializing no we don't need to have only Islamic scholars in the community no we should have different uh, specialists. How to choose? Then, of course, it's a matter of your interests, a matter of your talents, a matter of opportunities which are available, a matter of what other people in the community are doing. So, that's another thing. Now, my question is this. When you do something either for example a secular subject or islamic subject and you do it for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there a difference for example if i study a pure science for the sake of allah or i study akhlaq for the sake of allah quran for the sake of allah is there a difference in my spirituality in the way that this subject can affect my spirituality or not. So here I had a discussion uh, in the previous session and I said it seems that any subject that you learn for the sake of Allah this would be helping you. This would be an act of worship. This would be a service. But there are some subjects that in addition to what your approach gives to them, they have their own light. You know, if I study geography, history, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, My approach would give me light because I am studying this subject for the sake of Allah with pure intention in order to benefit myself or humanity or community or I want to earn, I don't know, halal income, whatever. I have a good intention to study this. This approach brings light to my studies. The place that I make this study becomes a place of worship. But the subject itself may not be very special. Maybe I am, for example, studying a war. I am studying, for example, a tyrant's life. Yeah? Or maybe something just you know secular. But when I study Quran, for example. This is different. When I study Quran, not only I have the light which comes from my approach, if I am sincere, the subject itself has light. So you can bring light to the subject, but you can also study the subject which has already light. As you know, Quran is in several verses described as nur nur mubin for example kitabullah wa nurun mubin or nur wa Kitabul mubin these are two descriptions we have quran as light and clear book we have quran as kitab and clear light and we have for example anzalna ilaykum nuran mubina so Qur'an is light. When I go to study the Qur'an, I am dealing with a topic, a subject of a study which has light in itself. And if I am sincere, then I'm going to benefit from this light on top of my sincerity. But for example, if I study a language, even Arabic, the language itself may not have light i want to learn this for the sake of understanding quran then this is my approach that gives it light now if you study a subject which has light and you follow it by open heart by humbleness by sincerity Little by little, the light of subject comes to you. It's like, for example, if you are very cold, you feel very cold. You hold something which is very hot, very warm. And little by little, you get warmth from this. Or you, for example, stand next to a heater. Little by little, it makes you warm. So when we go to the Quran with open heart, with sincerity, little by little, we should get from this light. And the sign of this is that we should change. If we don't change, it means that we have not benefited. If I have been the same person after years of studying the Quran, I have not benefited. And if na'uzu billah, I am worse, then I have to ask Allah for forgiveness because sometimes people who study Quran they become worse. It's not that everyone benefits <laughs> the same Quran which is healing and mercy for some people would only add to the loss not because there is a problem in the Quran, is because they have No openness. You know, sometimes people, Allah gives them a blessing. They are not grateful. And therefore, they end up with being in a worse situation. Like the story of Isa, alayhi salam. When Hawariyun, the disciples told him, Please ask God to send us a banquet. A ma'idah from heaven. So that we can have Eid, a kind of celebration. And it can be a sign of connection to God. So, Isa a.s. prayed to Allah and asked Allah to give them this. Anzal alayna ma'idatan sama lana Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I am going to send this ma'idah to you. munziluha but فَأَمَّا مَنْ يَكْفُرْ بَعْدُهُ أُعَذَبُهُ عَذَابًا لَا أُعَذَبُ ahada. If someone after receiving this ma'idah from heaven is not grateful, does kufr ni'mat, yeah, then the punishment would be not like the punishment of other people who have not been given this blessing. And Qur'an is not less than that ma'idah. So if Allah gives us Quran and we are not grateful then we would be worse than people who have not been given the Quran if Allah gives us Ahlul Bayt and we don't follow the examples we would not be equal to the people who have not been given Ahlul Bayt we would be worse because we have been a blessing and our responsibility goes higher so if I study a subject which has light and I try to act upon what I learned little by little that light comes to me and then what happens is you can go to a higher level of ulama you would be a person that himself or herself would have light so, Alem first gets light from the subject and then builds up himself, gradually, Alem becomes light, a source of light. Even if he is silent, people can benefit. You know, we have, for example, hadith. Even looking at the face of alim is ibadah. Looking at the door of alim is ibadah. What type of alim? Not the alim who is not transformed. Not the alim who na'uzubillah, even has got worse. No, the alim that has learned the Quran, has practiced the Quran, has been transformed by the Quran, Quran has been mixed with his flesh and blood, this alam now becomes a source of light so we can have people who carry light like a torch but they don't have light themselves we can have people who carry light but they themselves also have light so they have two lights lights of the knowledge and light of the person And this is then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would also inspire such people. You know, Imam Sadiq alayhi salam has a beautiful hadith known as Hadith Anwan al-Basri because the person who asked Imam Sadiq alayhi salam was called Anwan al-Basri. And this man was very interested in spirituality, but he had a Sufi teacher And had no experience of meeting Imam Sadiq, but he wanted to learn from Imam Sadiq salam and There's a story that how first he went and Imam didn't accept him then he prayed and then Imam accepted him in that hadith Imam Sadiq salam Mentions some of the things that he has to observe One of the things that Imam mentions in this hadith is about ilm and Imam says, لَيْسَ الْعِلْمِ بِكَثْرَةَ التَّعْلِيمِ Or in some versions, بِكَثْرَةَ التَّعْلِيمِ وَالتَّعَلُّمِ Elm is not a matter of lots of learning and teaching and you know, all these conventional methods. These are important, but Elm is not only this. Elm is the light that Allah puts in the heart of the people that he wants to guide them. So you go to a school, you go to class, you take notes, you study, you read. These are very important steps. But these should prepare you for another experience. And that is when you have polished your heart, when you have acted upon your knowledge, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would put light in your heart. The light that Allah projects in the heart of the people that He wants. Or Quran says, الله الله. Allah would teach you. Or we have this famous hadith that you must have heard, you know, when we have forty normalities hadith is mentioned as one of the cases of 40. Man akhlasa lillah, arba'in sabahan. Jarati yana bi ul min qalbihi ala Whoever purifies himself or herself for Allah, akhlasa lillah, not akhlasa his action for Allah. Ikhlasa himself for Allah everything for Allah if you manage that for 40 days you do everything for the sake of Allah you try to live for the sake of Allah then fountains of wisdom will flow from your heart unto your tongue jarat min qalbihi the fountains of wisdom come from his tongue to his tongue, from his heart to his tongue So, this is the real alim, The one that has been transformed by the subject, which has light. Another point that you have to remember is that when it comes to Islamic studies, which is very necessary for all of us, at least to some extent we have to have proper knowledge of islam i'm not saying everyone has to become a muslim scholar or ayatollah or you know filsuf you know but to some extent which is much more than what we have today as average we should all have that much of knowledge but even when we say a study of islam is not anything you know, nowadays, many universities, when they have courses on Islam, it's more about Muslims than being about Islam. About lives of Muslims, about Muslim culture, Muslim countries, Muslim population, Muslim anthropology. Or even when it comes to sciences, you know, some sciences have topics which are good. I'm not against them, but again, this is not what we mean by something which has life. For example, even if you study ulumul quran many topics in ulumul quran are not actually quran they just prepare you for encounter with the quran for studying the quran in my understanding the main thing that we have to learn about islam is how to make ourselves a better person how to make ourselves a servant of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Anything else should help us in this. So if I spend all my life studying, for example, history, but not with this approach, that what lessons I can take from history and how I can become a better servant of Allah, then I think we have not been very you know, well focused if I study philosophy, if I study kalam, if I study tafsir, if I study ulum al-Quran, any subject, fiqh, you have to always try to find out how this is going to help me in my journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How I can become a better servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can I become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So anything should finally have a practical value a practical significance so we don't want just to learn for the sake of filling our mind with information although this can be good but this is not enough so in your study and in your teaching you should try always to find a way to connect this not artificially not you know arbitrarily very naturally to your journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if someone has one session with me or one class over a year for me if i go somewhere for giving 10 lectures in muharram or ramadan when i start and when i end There should be a difference in myself and the people who listen to me with respect to their journey towards Allah. I should have helped them and helped myself. I should have brought clearer understanding of what we are supposed to do, of what we lack, what our problems are, what our, I don't know, opportunities are. Not just giving data to people. We don't have that much of life that in one life we get data and another <laughs> life we process. Everything should be right from the beginning with clear understanding of how this is going to be processed so that they can get help from this in their journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One thing that I say sometimes uh, to our Brothers and sisters who are scholars or teachers, I say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Musa alayhi salam in a hadith which we have in many books, Habibni ila khalqi. Oh Musa, please make my people love me, make them lovable. Of course, this is the way I translate Habibni ila khalqi. Allah doesn't need us, of course, to love Him, but for our own benefit. Musa asked, How can I do that? How can I make them love you? Allah says, Remind them of my blessings and bounties. This is a strategy. Anything. At the end, should add the love of listeners and students for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we teach and the relation with Allah remains the same or gets worse, this is failure. It should not get worse or even the same. If they become stronger in the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is a good sign. Okay so this is about the significance of knowledge and how some knowledge have light and how an alim can be transformed now i want to read for you some hadith about teaching and inshallah then i would uh, hopefully have some time also for you to ask questions There is a hadith in Biharul al-Anwar from Rasulullah about the reward for teaching. In the first two sessions I have talked about uh, learning uh, and so inshallah you will listen to them. يَجِعُ Rajul qiyamah Rasulullah according to this hadith says, on the Day of Judgment, a person comes وَلَّهُ مِنَ الْحَسَنَاتِ الرَّكَامِ And he has so much of hasanat, of good deeds, which are like clouds, very thick and abundant clouds. اَوْ كَالْجِبَالِ Ravasi. Or like mountains which are very high. So it's you know surprising how a person can have, have so much of Hasanat. Ya Rabbi My lord, how can this be for me? I have not done these things. You know, because these people are honest and also only honesty works, they say that they are surprised. You know, sometimes a person gets a very good mark and he knows he doesn't deserve it, but may keep silent. <laughs> he doesn't say anything. Those who are honest, they may say to the teacher, maybe there is a mistake, you know, I didn't, you know, deserve this. On the day of judgment, there is no mistake, but also, there is no dishonesty this person you know people themselves say that (laughs) it seems that this is not what i have done this might be not mine my lord how can this be mine i have not done these things this is your knowledge that you have taught people, and after you it has been used and acted upon. So, not only during your life you have taught people, but after you died, also people kept using, and maybe sometimes. For generations people have been using your knowledge. So we have saved all of that for you. So you don't know how much people have appreciated and have benefited. So this is a great Beshara for teachers, for Ulama, who have proper knowledge. We shouldn't, you know, sometimes people they don't know and spread ignorance, spread confusion. But if it is proper knowledge, with sincerity, then it can be so much grown by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that can become like mountains. Imam Baqir alayhi salam said, "Man alma ba bahudan, falahu mithr ajr man amila beh." Whoever teaches a gate of guidance, you know, for people to come to a spirituality, to akhlaq, to taqwa, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they need an entrance. If you can open a gate, an entrance for people, فَلَّهُ مِثْلُ عَجْرِ مَنْ عَمِلَ بِهِ then he would get the same reward as someone who has acted upon it, so if through your teaching your akhlaq, someone starts saying prayer, someone starts fasting, someone becomes kind to his parents, sometimes becomes you know charitable. you have opened this gate to them, then anything that they do you would be also sharing without them losing their reward.'s not that Allah will divide. No, Allah would give the same. So the same that that person has would be given to you without that person losing anything. <laughs> the reward would not be reduced. This was from Imam Bagr. We have also another hadith from Imam Sadiq, Abu Basir. Who was a companion of Imam Musa? It says, "Sami'atu 'Abba Abdullah alayhi salam yaqool: 'Mana 'alma khayran, falahu bimisle or might be mislo ajra mana amila bi.' Whoever teaches something good, he would have the same reward of those who act upon it." Abu Basir says, I asked, then if the second person teaches a third person, would also again the first person benefit? Mm-hmm. So the first person taught the second, he would benefit from this. But if the second teaches the third, would the first person still benefit? So it means, is it just direct contacts or even indirect contacts? Imam Sadiq a.s. said, jaralahu. yes, even if he manages the second people, the second generation, teach all people it, it continues so anyone who directly or indirectly has learned from you, you would share reward. Even if after he dies or as long as he is alive and his knowledge is being used. Imam said no. Even if he dies. So nothing limits time, space, generation. When you bring a source of light to this world. As long as this light is there you are sharing the reward. So. This shows how great and significant it is to be a teacher. And we should never underestimate this. We should never compare this with any financial, worldly, you know, payment or, you know, achievement. Unfortunately, sometimes people including teachers themselves, underestimate the greatness of this job. Sometimes people underestimate, like parents or community, or even sometimes governments. They don't pay for you know, teachers in a good way. But the worst thing is if the teacher himself or herself also underestimates what he or she is doing and wants to compare his work with other works. Teaching is something very special. And in the first session, I explained that even Allah is Mu'allim. Ar-Rahman allam al-Quran. Rasulullah is Mu'allim. So, the minimum is that at least we ourselves, if we are teachers, we ourselves should appreciate what we do. And we should be always grateful to Allah, that Allah has given us the blessing of being a teacher, which comes, of course, with responsibility. But it's a great blessing. Imam Ali a.s. has something beautiful about how knowledge by teaching can become stronger and if you don't teach your knowledge little by little or maybe even quickly can be reduced or become weak. He says, إِنَّ النَّارَ لَا ينقصها مَا أُخِذَ مِنْهَا وَلَكِنْ يُخْمِدُهَا ألا تجد Imagine you have fire. If someone brings a piece of wood next to this fire and takes this fire, the wood starts burning and then he takes it away. That fire is not affected. The fire is there. The fire is producing light and heat and people can come and ignite their candles or I don't know, uh, their wood from this fire. If wood fuel doesn't come, then that's the time that fire is affected, becomes weak. But if wood comes, fire is not affected. actually it can become even more. al-ilm La yafnihi al Aktabas. Al Aktabas means to take. If you have knowledge and people come and learn from you ten people, hundred people, thousand people, your knowledge would not be reduced. You know, knowledge is not consumed by teaching. <laughs> what can affect knowledge and can reduce knowledge is buchl. When those who have knowledge are miserly and they don't have generosity of sharing their knowledge, that's the time that you lose. If I keep my knowledge for myself and I don't share little by little, my knowledge would be weaker and weaker. But if I teach, if I teach again and again, actually my knowledge becomes even deeper and more fresh. In another hadith, Amir Al-Mu'mineen said, yan al-infaq illa al-'ilm." Everything by using, by spending, would become less except knowledge. In another hadith, Imam Ali said, ala الْأَشْيَاءُ عَلَىٰ تَزْكِيَةَ at talim The most helpful thing for polishing and purifying your intellect is teaching. You know Alhamdulillah in hose we have this habit that we do Mubahasa and we teach which is very good. Mubahasa is that you have one or two maximum three normally one or two partners that for the whole year you discuss with them a subject. For example, you take one lesson on fiqh from one teacher, the same teacher. After you take the lesson, you study, and before the next lesson, you sit together and you discuss. One person becomes like teacher and explains the other people, ask questions or question him, challenge him. And this is very, very helpful. It helps you go into the deeper layers of the discussion. It helps you to understand how to present, how to ask questions. It's very good. Another habit that we have is teaching. In Jose, we don't wait 10 years, 15 years so that we start teaching. You may be in the second year and someone says, you know, please teach me something. And if you know, of course, not if you don't know, but if you know, you start teaching something to another person. So your experience of learning and teaching can be very similar. This is very good because when you teach you learn many many things. You prepare yourself for questions, you prepare yourself you know for unexpected you know objections you learn how to present. It's very good. So Amir al-Mumni says one of the most helpful things for purifying your intellect from perhaps doubts, from ambiguity, from confusion is at ta'alim is to teach. And finally, the last hadith for this session, Imam Hassan a.s. said, teach people and learn from others a good teacher is always learning a teacher who just goes to the classroom with the same amount of knowledge that he had before is not a good teacher Every time you teach, you should be more familiar with the subject. You should have studied more about the subject, so you should improve yourself you should grow in your knowledge It's like a you know a spring of water that water fresh water should come, and people should get from this fresh water if water is stuck after some time water. Loses its freshness, and even then it starts smelling. You know, you have to always be connected to the sources of knowledge and refresh your knowledge. Even Allah says to Rasulullah, Qul rabbi zidni ilma. Even Rasulullah should ask for more knowledge. So Imam Hasan says, nas wa ilma Teach people and learn knowledge of others. فَتَكُونَ قَدْ أَتْقَنْتَ عِلْمَكْ وَعَلَمْتَ مَا لَمْ By teaching, you have made your knowledge more you know, itqan means to make firm, strengthen you have made your knowledge stronger and firmer and also by asking other people and learning from other people you have learned what you didn't know so teach and learn, teach and learn and then inshallah. A time would come that you would be feeling confident about the subject that you are teaching. Okay, uh, I stop here and I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to include us among sincere learners and teachers, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alam.